0: morning, church. So today's scripture is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. Thank you.
1: Good morning, everyone. I have a question for you. You ready for it? Here's my question. How do you know when God is blessing you or when God is showing favor to you? How do you know when God is blessing you or showing favor to you? Is it, I know that God is showing favor to me when things are comfortable and convenient for me? If that 's you, I need to quickly apologize because I realize having kids in service today probably makes you feel like you're not being blessed right now, because it 's not comfortable and convenient having the kids in service, is it, right? Um, but we believe that the church is a family and kids are part of a family, and family is sometimes messy and not always comfortable and convenient. and we believe that there's a lot of value and blessing in having the kids be able to worship with us here so It's a a choice that we make to do this once every couple of months, just have the kids in here. As we mentioned before, we have some coloring pages for them. We also have some Christmas trivia on the back table. If they want to fill out a card and take their guess at the answers, uh, they can turn it in. Where should they turn it in? In the box. And then there will be gifts for kids who get it right or for everyone who tries? Everyone who gets it right will get a gift from their Sunday school teachers next week. So there's some... Put their name on it, be sure. Uh, so Christmas trivia on the back for the kids as well. Uh, yeah, we, we want this to be a blessing of us being able to be together as a church family. But back to my original question, how do you know when God is blessing you or showing you favor? favor? For some of us, maybe it's things are comfortable, things are convenient, I know that this is God's blessing and God's favor. Maybe for some of us, we're like, you know, even if things are hard, if it's not comfortable, it's not convenient, but if I just have this inner feeling of peace and contentment despite my circumstances, I know that even in difficult circumstances, I have God's blessing. I have God's favor. Things are okay. Maybe for you, it's something different. But today we're gonna look at one of the classic Christmas passages from the Bible when the angel comes to Mary and promises her that she's gonna give birth to a baby. And we're gonna see that even though this is a blessing, it's a great blessing, there's a lot of things about it that make it not really feel like a blessing if you're in Mary's shoes. And we're gonna look at what is it that allows Mary to receive this as a blessing despite all the trouble that's gonna come with it, and then talk about how that can connect to our lives today. So we're gonna see today that receiving God's blessings as blessings requires faith because a lot of times it feels like anything but a blessing. So receiving God's blessings as blessings requires faith. And we're gonna look at the burden of Christmas and receiving God's blessings. But first let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who speaks, who comes into our world, who connects with us, and then gives us the chance to connect with you and with one another and we thank you for the chance to connect by looking at your word together right now. I pray that you would be speaking to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be transforming our hearts as we look at your word and equipping us to live for you and to love you and to love one another through the things that we hear today, in Jesus' name, amen. So first up, we have the burden of Christmas. So in the passage today, an angel comes to Mary. He says, you are going to have a baby. But it won't be just any baby. You see, ever since the earliest pages of the Bible, back at the beginning, God makes the world perfect. Humanity messes it up. And as soon as humanity messes it up, God sends a promise. And the promise is, I'm going to send someone to make it right, to fix it all. And time goes by, and more and more details arise about this person who's gonna come to fix it and make it right. Eventually, when Israel becomes God's chosen people, we learn that, that this promised one is gonna come from the nation of Israel, that he's gonna be a king of Israel, that he's gonna rescue them from their oppressors and rule over everything over the entire world to make everything right for their nation and for the world. They referred to this rescuer king as the Messiah. And Israel has been waiting for thousands of years for this Messiah to arrive. And now Mary is there, wherever she is, there's an angel right in front of her. And he's saying, you are gonna be the Messiah's mom. Your baby is gonna be this rescuer King. That's good news, right? That's a great blessing, no? It is, yes. But in so many ways, it's not. I mean, no matter how great this baby's going to be someday, he's about to make things really, really hard for Mary for a really, really long time. Have you ever thought about this? Like, Mary was engaged to be married to a guy named Joseph. And Joseph knows this kid that my fiance is pregnant with is not mine because I have done nothing that would make her pregnant with my baby. Now, if you are engaged to marry someone and then they end up pregnant with a baby that's not yours, is anyone here like, yeah, I'd go through with that wedding? No, of course not. Especially if every time you ask, like, who's the father? They're like, it's God. Really? You expect me to believe that? No, of course not. You're not going to go through with that wedding. So, so first off, there's this very real question. Is Joseph going to leave her? And if you're like, no, 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 she's carrying God's baby. Of course that can't happen. We actually learn in the book of Matthew, Joseph does plan to leave her. And it's only because God sends another angel to intervene and stop him and be like, no, this really is my child that Joseph stops and stays with Mary. But this threat of her fiance leaving, of her being a single mom, it's a very real threat. And in our world, single moms get married all the time. In the ancient world, if you got pregnant before being married and and became a single mom, it was far, far more difficult, almost impossible to get married as a single mom. And so how is she gonna raise this baby as a single mom? Remember, in that society, as a woman, you couldn't really get a good-paying job. You couldn't really own land. They didn't have government welfare programs like we have today to help out single moms. So if you are a single mom, in that culture, you're, you're destined to live in poverty for life. Maybe if your kid grows up and can get a good job to support you someday, in 20 years, you can be okay financially. But you're going to be deeply poor for a long time long time. These are very real, very pressing concerns that now Mary has to deal with that she never had to deal with before. And yet, despite how big and scary those things can be, there's one other thing that, that just makes them pale in comparison. Because in that society, under the Old Testament law, if you were an engaged woman in Israel and you were caught sleeping with someone other than your fiance, you could get the death penalty. And there's some pretty good evidence that Mary has done this. If Joseph testifies that he hasn't made her pregnant and she's clearly pregnant, are people gonna try to kill her? Like this this blessing from God could be putting her life in danger. And even if they don't try to kill her, What's this gonna do to her reputation around town? I mean, we know Mary is a good, moral, obedient to God person. And now something has happened to her that through the eyes of her society would be interpreted as her being a very bad, immoral, disobedient to God person. Her reputation is going to take a hit. Actually, we see in the New Testament multiple times, when Jesus is an adult, like 30 plus years after this happens, that people make comments sort of alluding to the fact that he was born illegitimately, right? She picks up a reputation that follows her family around for decades. Her reputation is a good moral person. It suffers terribly because of this blessing. The angel arrives, he tells Mary, you are blessed, you are favored, but on many levels, this blessing just, it feels more like a curse. Is there anyone who's like, if I had the opportunity, sign me up for that? (laughs) No, of course not. And and she gets no say in it. It's not like, do you wanna do this? Do you have a choice? Yes or no?" no? It's just like, this is happening to you. All the trouble, all the shame, all the possibility of lifelong poverty, the possible threat to her life, they are hers whether she wants them or not. Now think back with me to my original question. If you're facing a situation where your marriage is in danger, your reputation is being destroyed, you're facing financial ruin, your life might be in danger. How many of you would say, this is definitely a sign of God's blessing in my life? That's about what I expected, yeah. None of us, because that's not what we think God's blessing looks like. And yet the angel tells Mary, not just once, but twice, this is happening as a blessing. This is happening because you've found favor with God. That word translated as favor, it could also be translated as grace. It's an undeserved blessing. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. It's something we should want. And yet, so much of what it involves just inevitably feels like a curse and a burden and something that no person in their right mind would ever want. And you know what? So much of the time, this disguise where blessings feel like curses happens in our lives too. And if we take these blessings at face value and we receive them as the curses that they feel like, we're gonna miss out on so many amazing things that God wants to do in our lives. So we need to ask the question today, how do we receive these blessings in disguise as the blessings that they truly are? So let's look at receiving God's blessings. And I think Mary's example has a lot to teach us here. If you look at verse 38, She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now on their own, these aren't necessarily positive words. It could just be like words of resignation. I know God's in charge. I have to do what he says. I have to be okay with it, even when he's cruel and mean, so I'll make myself be okay with it. It could be that on its own. But we know from the context, the following passage, which we'll look at next week, that this is definitely not what Mary is saying. When she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word, she's celebrating. Despite the fact that this blessing is gonna come with so many trials, she's receiving it as a blessing and not as a curse. So how do we get that perspective, to be able to celebrate and see God's blessings when things happen to us that feel like anything but blessing? And the answer is that it requires us like Mary to have a perspective of faith. You know, God's word says in, in Romans eight twenty eight. it says that for people who love God, for Christians, every single thing that happens in your life works together for your good. Did you know that? The Bible says this, every single thing that happens to Christians happens not just for good generally, but for your good. If that's true, And if you are a Christian, then every single thing that happens to you in your life is happening happening on some level to bring blessing for you, whether it feels like it in the moment or not. But here's the problem. You cannot see this, you cannot experience this without faith. A couple months ago, I was here at the school uh, with Young Life, which is an organization that reaches out to teenagers. And we were doing an outreach where we were trying to connect with students from the school and just chat with them a little bit. And while we were doing this, this one student kept coming up to us and he kept trying to convince us that God isn't real that that there's zero reason that Christians should believe in God, that, that we should all just abandon our faith and become atheists like him. And he kept coming back and kept coming back. And at one point he used the argument that God is a genocidal maniac, so you shouldn't believe in him. And by this point in the conversation, it was pretty clear that the kid wasn't actually interested in like having a conversation. He was just there to like tear everyone down and try and destroy their faith. And so rather than say something that directly addressed that comment, I just asked the kid, why do you care? Like if you really don't believe that God is real, why do you care what he's like? Like, The boogeyman could be a genocidal maniac, but I don't care because I don't believe the boogeyman is real. If you don't believe God is real, like I don't believe the boogeyman is real, why do you care so much whether he's good or bad? And the kid thought about it for a while. Walked away, came back a couple minutes later. He was like, well, it's just to show that even if God was real, I still wouldn't believe in him. And I said, that's a really good thing to be aware of about yourself. (laughs) But do you realize what having a perspective like this towards God, what does that do to our ability to receive God's blessings? I, I don't know that anyone here in this room would express it, as clearly and directly as that kid did, where it's like, I I think God's horrible and cruel, even if he is real, he's just out to get us. But if like this student, we've decided God isn't really good. God isn't really out for my good. God can't really be trusted when hard times come. If that's what we really believe about God, then when hard things happen to us, it's just gonna reinforce those beliefs. It's just gonna be more evidence that God isn't good and can't be good and can't be trusted. But if we have Mary's perspective of faith and hope, then we're gonna, we're gonna look at God in those moments and we're gonna trust in him. See, if you're like this, this kid that kept coming back, we might believe that God's in charge of everything. But if he is in charge of everything, that's definitely not good news for us because he's using that power to make our lives miserable. But in order to receive God's blessings as blessings despite their difficulties, we need faith. We need faith that God is real. We need faith that God is still in control even when things get hard. We need faith that God knows what's best for us even when that might not be exactly what we want in the moment. We need faith that God is working for our good in every single thing that he allows to happen in our lives. So what does it look like in the real world to have this kind of faith? Well, let's let's just look at one real world example that Mary faces in this passage. What does it look like to have this kind of faith if you're in the middle of marriage trouble, right? Trouble in marriage is horrible. No one wants that. But how can a season of a really difficult time in your marriage, or even a marriage that's falling apart despite your best efforts to hold it together, how can that possibly be a way of God showing you favor? See, the reality is, for all of us, there are things inside us, things like envy, bitterness, unforgiveness, insecurity, selfishness, things that oppose God, that try to make the world all about ourselves, and that if they're given free reign in our lives, they will destroy us and make us miserable. And very few things in life bring these issues directly to the surface, like conflict in marriage. See, if you're in the middle of a marriage conflict, yes, the things that you're facing feel miserable because they are miserable, but... What if they're God's ways of opening your eyes to the work that he still needs to do in you to save you from yourself? What if they're part of a process of God working inside you to transform you so that you can be someone who actually is able to receive and experience lasting joy? What if these trials in your marriage are God's way of inviting you to become more like Jesus by teaching you patience and forgiveness and sacrificial love? And I know, any day of the week, any single person in here, if you are given the choice, you today can have a happy and peaceful marriage or you can learn patience and forgiveness and sacrificial love. Which one are you gonna choose? Peaceful and happy, right? Is there anyone who's like, no, don't give me peace and happiness. No, of course not. We all want the peace and happiness. And yet, we need to learn these things learning that makes us more glorious and joyful in the long term. And if that's the case, that the troubles and trials that, that just feel like a curse in your marriage today, if these are an invitation from God to become more glorious, and if we lean into that invitation and we receive it and we become more glorious through that process, a million years from now in heaven, We can look back on that season of conflict in our marriage that felt so miserable and see it as one of the greatest blessings that ever happened to us i know it doesn't feel that way now if you're in the middle of it it feels like a curse but just like with mary god's blessings often don't feel like blessings in the moment so how do we get to the point where we can actually live that way well, I think part of the answer is in verse 37, when the angel tells Mary, nothing will be impossible with God. See, Mary had heard this promise from the angel that she was gonna have a baby. And she essentially responds to the angel, I believe you, but I have no idea how this is possible. So please explain it to me. And the angel essentially says, don't worry. God's gonna do it. And everything is possible with him. From our perspective, so many things in life just feel impossible and hopeless in the moment. Maybe it's problems in our marriage. Maybe for kids, it's something like being bullied at school. It's horrible, you never wanna go through that. Maybe it's financial troubles. Maybe it's sicknesses. Maybe it's any of dozens or hundreds of other difficult and uncomfortable things that we face in life. When we're in the middle of these situations, it feels like no good can come from this. I just need to get through the tough time and get back to life being happy and okay again. But if nothing is impossible with God, then even the toughest circumstances that we face can be His way of bringing us blessing and favor. I mean, the cross is the ultimate example of this. The cross was an instrument of torture and death in the ancient world. Nothing good can come from that, right? And yet it's the exact means that God uses to to bring forgiveness and salvation to the entire world. If God can transform the cross from a curse to a source of blessing, then anything that we face in our lives, he has the same power to do. He has the same power to transform it from what feels like a curse to a blessing. And that doesn't mean we'll see all the answers right away. But this faith, like Mary has, it allows us to live with hope even in the midst of circumstances where we can't see the answers. We can't see how it's going to work together for good. But from looking at the Bible, we know God is a God who blesses. Christmas is a time of year where we celebrate this truth that God blessed the whole world by becoming human in order to save us. But this blessing, it wasn't always easy to receive for the people closest to it, like Mary. Sometimes it felt like a curse. And the only way Mary was able to receive it as a blessing was through faith. And it's the same for us today. God blesses us, but his blessings aren't always easy to receive. Sometimes they'll feel like curses, but if we live with faith, then we'll be able to receive them as the blessings that they truly are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God who blesses. You are the God who speaks to us, who shows us your goodness, who is at work to rescue us from ourselves. And God, we pray today that you would give us faith, even in the midst of tough times, to believe that you are working for good, to have eyes that are looking for your goodness in the midst of difficulties. To draw near to you rather than run away from you during these seasons of discomfort. God, we thank you for this Christmas season and the reminder that it is of the ways that you bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.